A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I'm glad you're with us here on uh, this Tuesday, August the 9th. We're going to be talking with uh, my friend Rebecca Schmoy from, let's see, One Million Moms Against Gun Control, from the D.C. Project, uh, from the great state of Kansas. Uh, and Rebecca has a, um, well, she's got a new endeavor right now. She is running for office. She's running for state representative. And I, I, I love this because uh, Rebecca is one of my favorite people in the 2A community. But I, I also think that she is leading by example here in terms of what we can do as gun owners to defend our right to keep and bear arms, not only as activists and as advocates, but perhaps uh, getting into the political arena as well. Take a look and a listen. Well, Rebecca Schmoy, first of all, congratulations. Um, and thank you so much for uh, taking you know time out of your very busy schedule right now to, uh, to join us here on Cam and Company. Oh, I just appreciate you inviting me on. I, I always love seeing you and talking to you and kind of collaborating on how we can get the 2A more well-received. <laughs> Well, listen, you are you're one of my favorite people. Uh, you and I go way back. So I you know, I you really are just one of my favorite people in the two A community. But um, to see you run for office is really cool because you are the type of people I think we need more of in public office. And so I want to ask you, first of all, what made you decide to run? I mean, you've been an activist for a number of years. What made you decide to actually say, all right, you know what, rather than encouraging people to vote for the right people. I want to be one of the right people to vote for. Well, really what it boiled down to was my representative on the last day of our session decided to retire. And so it was a big surprise to us. And I started calling around and saying, who's the guy? What are we doing? Who are we supporting? And I got a whole lot of, we don't know. Do you know anybody who is a constitutionalist and a conservative? And I was like, yes, (laughs) I do know. So basically, just like my advocacy was really accidental and kind of snowballed, it's the same thing with running for office. This is literally my first rodeo. So it's it's all learning. I keep telling everybody that I jumped into the deep end of the pool and I just happen to know a lot of really great lifeguards. Well, see, this is one of the things that I I'm really intrigued about by your decision to run because and don't take please don't take this the wrong way, but you're one of the normal people, Rebecca. And, uh, you know, it has been my experience in covering politicians for a number of years that uh, normal people, uh, they're, they're not you can find them, but they're kind of rare. Uh, and, and so I'm curious from your perspective of, you know, somebody who, again, is a normal person. This is your first rodeo, as you say. Um, how have how has the transition into campaign mode been for you? Because I imagine it's been a it has to be a bit of a shock to the system. Oh, it was huge, huge culture shock <laughs> because we're used to holding politicians accountable. And so being the person going out and seeking votes and trying to engage people who also feel like us, who just want our politicians to be held accountable, it really is um, a matter of getting them to understand that I've been advocating for holding politicians accountable for a decade. Uh, nothing has changed. I want 
my constituents. I want the people in my community to hold me accountable. That's part of the deal. I want them as involved as possible. And it's been really interesting to see some people's reaction to that because it is so far from what we're used to. Um, Mm -hmm. One of the things that I talk about on the campaign trail is the fact that I want to host all of these uh, rather small forums, Uh, small business owners come in and tell me what it is that you need, what you're seeing um, in, in your environment that you need. Child care workers come in and tell me what you need instead of like a small committee of people. Um, that you go to as a politician and say, well, this is what we've got going on. I want to bring the community together to be able to say, this is what we need. And so trying to explain that to people and have them think that it's not (laughs) some sort of campaign promise. And it's Mm -hmm. really what I've been trying to do the whole time is that's been interesting. But campaigning is just a whole different animal than advocacy. It's it's a lot of people don't take you for your word. Whereas in advocacy, most everybody understands that you really are passionate about what you're talking about mm-hmm. in politics. They kind of go, mm, we'll see. But, you know, it's interesting because what you just described really does seem like in some respects, an advocacy based approach to citizen engagement in politics. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, obviously from your perspective as a second amendment advocate, you know that issue, I would say inside and out. Yes. Uh, I think I think I think it's fair to call you an expert on Second Amendment issues. But I'm sure that there are a lot of things that you're not an expert on. Uh, right. and and frankly, the idea that our elected officials are supposed to be an expert on everything is is kind of ridiculous. And so as you say, when they say rather than you go and meet with you know the Chamber of Commerce and say, here's what I'm gonna do for you, to meet with a group of small business owners and ask, okay, what do you need from us? Yeah, I think is a huge you're right. It's a shift. And maybe it does take a little bit of time for people to actually grasp that you mean that. But that's how you've approached politics. And so that's how, you know, it's not surprising to me that you would bring that perspective with you uh, when you run for office. Um, So, you know, listen, we could spend 10 minutes talking about your views on the Second Amendment, but I, I know what they are. Uh, and you know, <laughs> you're, you're not in favor of any gun control laws that I think are going to be on the horizon uh, in the state of Kansas. Um, let me ask you, you know, we did just see this referendum on, uh, allowing the change of the constitution to allow for more abortion restrictions. Uh, and the no votes won pretty handily. Were you surprised to see that vote? And do you think that this portends anything for November in Kansas? Honestly, I was not surprised. I was I was not happy with the end result of the vote because I understood what the amendment actually said and what it didn't say. I was not surprised because of all of the media surrounding it. They said everything under the sun that the amendment didn't say. And that really happened from both sides. And we see that a lot. Um, even in Second Amendment stuff, we see misinformation or misdirection on both sides. And so none of that was surprising. It was disappointing because of my stance um, basically on that particular topic. If it's human and it's alive, it has the same rights as you and I. Um, Stage of life doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if somebody is unborn. It doesn't matter if they're three years old. It doesn't matter if they're 103 years old, their life is valuable. 
and should be defended. It should be protected. Um, so that's coming from it from that side. I was disappointed. I was not surprised. I think there will be, I mean, we've seen it time and time again, there will be some other big issue on the ballot in November that uh, they try to drum up energy heading into November. I know here in Kansas, um, they are working on something to do that right now. It's always something in the world that we live in, drama pushes everything. So if mm. you can gin up enough drama over something, then you're gonna get people to the polls. Honestly, I think that the abortion issue is not going to go away anytime soon. I think that immediately heading into session, they will start reconvening and trying to reorient a different direction on that. Um, basically, I think that we're in that for the long haul, and it's going to be probably a decade or more of that constant. So people just get ready because... It's here to stay. <laughs> well, and I think you're you're probably going to see the same thing on guns in you know blue states like California uh, and in New York, you know. And I I do think it's interesting. I don't want to belabor the point, but and I and I don't know. Uh, obviously, I'm I'm not in the Kansas media market, so I don't know how frequently this particular commercial ran. But I I saw a commercial for the vote no side. Um, I thought it was really interesting the appeal that they made to voters. They appealed to their personal liberty and their individual freedom, and it was hey. If you didn't like these mask mandates, if you don't like people telling you what to do and how to live, then you need to vote no. Um, and so I thought that was interesting because, I, you know, listen, I think the standard, you know, San Francisco uh, uh, vote no commercial, you, have, you know, you've got the right to an abortion right up until the baby crowns, you know, like obviously that would not have played well in Kansas. But the idea that this is about your individual liberty and your individual freedom, I think it was a, an interesting spin. And it, in a, in a way, it makes me feel better about the support for the Second Amendment in Kansas. Like, I don't think that this vote translates into support for gun control because right. of, at least in part, because of how the proponents of the Vote No campaign messaged to voters. Yes. And that in itself, that particular vein of their advertisement is huge for those of us in the liberty movement, because if we can capitalize on that, if we can reach people while they're still thinking, you know, my rights, my choice, whatever, mm -hmm. and we can translate that into Second Amendment issues or other liberty issues, that's fantastic. And I mean, that only does well for us, <laughs> but yeah. really it does come down to um, reaching those people while it's still fresh in their mind, because you know as well as I do, people move on quick. Yep, absolutely, they do. Um, and speaking of, I know you've got some other uh, campaign events to get to, so I, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but I do want to ask, I want to go back to sort of the practical uh, you know, perspective here of just like a normal person running for office. Mm -hmm. um, I'm assuming you're going to win in November. So, <laughs> so how do, so how does how does this work? Like when you do you have a job? Do you have to ask your boss, hey, can I be off for three months at a time? Like how does how does that work? Do you, are you able to take personal leave? Have you thought about how you're going to navigate this role as a you know citizen lawmaker? Because this isn't a correct me if I'm wrong. This isn't a full time gig in Kansas, right? Oh no, it's definitely not full time. Um, and people are always surprised to find out 
that when you're a legislator at the state level, at least in Kansas, they don't pay you enough for it to be your full-time kid. <laughs> right. It's yeah. $88 a day while you're in session, and that doesn't matter how long the day is. It could be three hours. It could be 13 hours. You know, it's, it's still like, the $88 a day. Right, and that's so, why like 90% of politicians are attorneys because, you know, they've got staff that can handle their cases and they can be yeah. away from the office most of the day. You're not an attorney, are you? No. Okay. <laughs> no, thankfully. I actually, <laughs> I work for a community bank. So it's a family owned bank and the family that owns the bank is super supportive. They have been great about all of my second amendment stuff. And so when this opportunity came up, I went in first thing and spoke with my boss and he goes, why well, I'm not going to be able to vote for you. You're not in my district. And I said, <laughs> right. And he goes, but you'll be able to vote, and I know that you'll vote in my best interest. You'll protect my liberty, so whatever we need to do, go. Let's let's do this. And so they've been amazing, and um, really they're going to be able to work with me on having time off when we need time off. Uh, I think that my boss is even going to attend uh, an event here this week, later this week with me. We're going to run up and do a meet and greet for another candidate in the area. And so it's they've been amazing. And it really everything just fell into the right place at the right time. That is awesome. And I got to say, you know, like the endorsement of your boss, you know, like I've seen what she has done working for me. Yep. And I know what she can do working for you. That's yeah. a message that resonates. Rebecca, again, I'm so excited for you. Uh, I'm so excited for the voters in your district. I think they've got a great opportunity to to send somebody special to the state okay. capitol. Uh, so I hope that we can continue to follow your campaign between now and yeah. November. Oh, yeah, definitely. I will keep checking in with you on on all this stuff, all the goings on and everything. And really what it all boils down to is we the people are supposed to be involved. And for a really long time, we've neglected that. And so I'm just excited to hopefully be a catalyst for other people like us, other we the people, just regular everyday people to get involved, because that's what it's going to take to be able to right the ship. And that's what we're all looking for at this point. Absolutely. Rebecca Shmoy, thank you so much. We'll talk again very soon. Have a great night. Thanks, Kim. Again, my uh, thanks to Rebecca for joining me on the program. And I uh, do wish her well. We will be checking in. Uh, again, I just love the fact, I, I love seeing average, everyday Americans, particularly ones that I, I know and like, uh, step up and run for office. So uh, I'm looking forward to following Rebecca's campaign here in the uh, couple of months ahead before Election Day. Now let's turn our attention to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We'll start there. Not really a recidivist report, but still just a head-scratcher of a sentence. A Delaware County man sentenced to probation after shooting at a Walmart clerk over a video game. Yeah, Probation. Fired shots inside a Walmart, and uh, Devontae Dixon, 29 years of age, saw the most serious charges that he was facing, including attempted murder and attempted aggravated assault, dropped in a plea deal that allows him to walk away with just three years of probation. Dixon entered a negotiated guilty plea to carrying a gun without a license. 
as well as to firing into an occupied structure. Prosecutors dropped the more serious charges, as I mentioned, of attempted murder, attempted aggravated assault, and simple assault. The shooting happened back in February of 2021. Uh, Dixon was trying to buy a video game at a Walmart. It was about 8.30 in the morning. Uh, he got into a dispute with an employee during the transaction, pulled out a gun, fired a single shot inside the store. Thankfully, no one was injured. Dixon then fled. Four days later, he turns himself in uh, after uh, extensive news coverage about the shooting, which was captured on the uh, Walmart's uh, security cameras. Uh, Dixon's attorney, James Wright, said during the guilty plea hearing that Dixon took responsibility for his actions, wanted to move beyond the incident. I'm sure he does. I, I would, too. Um, I'm just not sure that three years probation is really uh, going to allow everybody else to move on from this. Uh, Delaware County Judge Richard Capelli credited Dixon uh, with time served during a hearing last week before setting the terms of his probation. So Dixon had been in custody since his arrest. So you could argue that, uh, well, you know, look, he did it a year and a half uh, in jail, uh, three years probation. That That's probably enough. I mean, that's what he got. I hope that it is. I hope we never hear uh, Devonnie Dixon's name again. But, uh, boy, again, walking away with a uh, sweetheart of a plea deal there in the Philadelphia suburbs. Today's Armed citizen story from rural Nevada, uh, Yarrington, Nevada, in particular, or at least outside of Yarrington, where a, a Yarrington area homeowner shot and killed a uh, alleged home intruder on Monday morning. The uh, Lyon County Sheriff's Office says that uh, deputies responded to a home about 1145 Monday morning in uh, Mason Valley, which is uh, southeast of the town of Yarrington. Uh, When they arrived, they found an individual deceased on the premises. The homeowner, they say, is cooperating. The uh, deceased man not being released until next of kin uh, is contacted. Police do say that the shooting was a, quote, isolated incident. Uh, No threat to the community. All parties have been identified. They say that there are no outstanding suspects. They also don't say anything about the uh, homeowner being taken into custody. So we will uh, try to give you any uh, updates as they become available right now. Again, this is being investigated as a case of armed self-defense there in uh, rural Nevada. Our uh, uh, good deed of the day comes from rural Texas. Uh, love this headline. Miracle on Highway 64. Good Samaritan saves Van Zant County family's home from a fire. Uh, we've had a very, very wet summer here in Virginia. The grass, I cannot remember being this green in August, but that is uh, sadly not the case all over the uh, country. And in Canton, Texas, a, a 30-acre fire that broke out last Wednesday spread really quickly and actually threatened a number of homes. Uh, but as KETK reports, a guardian angel, as they described him, stepped in to save a family's home. Uh, Michael Montes, who lives there in Canton, Texas, says, "I was on my mule coming up here. I don't think that's a, uh, I, I don't think that's a, 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 a slang, or I think he was actually on a mule." Uh, he says, "I was on my mule coming up here, and that's when I saw him, and I thought, oh, the volunteers are here, meaning the volunteer fire department." He says, "But he was just a random guy." He said, "I mean, the fire was 300 yards away, and he knew this house was in the way." Uh, Montes, again, at his home uh, when this quote guardian angel. Stepped in. The guardian angel has a name, uh, by the way. Justin Howe was the uh, individual who saw what was happening and uh, aided the family in trying to uh, to save the Montes home. Uh, Justin Howe helped to battle that blaze. Montes family says they're grateful for his kindness. Justin Howe says uh, 
the fire was, uh, you know, roaring. And he says, the mama, uh, the matriarch of the family, roaring and ready to go with her water hose, but I got it from her. And we stayed out here as long as we could, started spraying the grass. And then it got to a point where it was too hot, too much smoke. Uh, but again, they were still able to stop the blaze from spreading any further. Uh, everybody is safe. The family's home is still standing. And uh, the Montes family, who had never met Justin Howe, who is a neighbor, and that can happen when you live in rural areas. There are neighbors that I've lived near for 10 years who I've never actually met. Uh, but, you know, when a crisis happens, that's when communities come together, big or small. Uh, so whether it is, you know, a tree falling down uh, on the road, and my neighbors and I go out with our chainsaws after a summer storm, and, and we help clear the road together, uh, or it's Justin Howe, stepping up and helping a family he's never met before keep their home from going up in flames. Again, that's what uh, good neighbors do. And in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing for his neighbors, Justin Howe, we appreciate you and we thank you for your very good deed. That is going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I would encourage you, however, to check out BearingArms.com throughout the day where we are covering more of the latest Second Amendment news and information that you need to know about, including... A decline in murders across the country, which shouldn't be happening, according to the more guns equals more crime crowd. Yeah, we've got the, that story coming up at uh, Bearing Arms this evening. Uh, and, of course, all of the news of the day that you need to know about. We'll be back here tomorrow. Until then, be well, be safe, and be free.